Hi everybody, it's Kelsey and welcome back to 31 Days of Spooky Movies. Today we are going to do the movie Identity from 2006. This movie is a mystery slash thriller as opposed to a full-on horror movie. It definitely has horror elements though. There's quite a few murder, it's very suspenseful, um, a little bit of gore, and there's also a really awesome twist at the end. Um, a twist I didn't see coming the first time I watched it, definitely. Um, another thing this movie has going for it is it's a solid hour and a half. So it's really well paced, truly from the beginning to the end, something is happening. There's intrigue, there's murder, it's awesome. Um, in fact, I read that um, like they filmed several different endings to this movie just to keep the ending like what happens like the twist a completely a secret so i like that i like that a lot so the premise of this movie is that 10 strangers are stranded at a roadside motel during a torrential rainstorm as they get to know one another they realize that they're being killed off one by one um and yeah you got to stick around and wait if you especially if you haven't seen this movie wait and find out what the twist is we open on a very stormy night there's lightning there's thunder um, and we hear voiceover, someone saying, as I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. And then we see, um, we're kind of filming over various files. And at this moment, we actually see um, like audio tapes, like old school cassette tapes. And they say Malcolm Rivers tapes on them. Um, we hear a voiceover of a man say, where did you learn that poem? And another man says, I made it up when I was a kid. Um, and I'll just say one man is a doctor, a psychiatrist, and the other man is um, Malcolm Rivers. So the doctor says, what else do you remember from back then? Malcolm starts laughing and he's like, don't beat around the bush, doc. We see more files and photos. We see a mugshot of a woman. We see crude like stick man drawings with people in like various um, stages of being killed. There's blood everywhere. Um, the doctor asks, what do you remember about your mom? Malcolm says, I remember my mom was a whore. We see a newspaper that says, boy abandoned at local motel. We see another file that says, ward of state on it. Um, the doctor asks, how long were you left there for? And Malcolm says, as long as she was busy. And then we see um, that it's actually the doctor who's talking. He's actually going through all of these files um, right now at the moment. We see another newspaper and it says Lakeside Nightmare Mass Murderer Malcolm River. So we know that he has obviously committed um, a crime. We see his mugshot. He um, he's just like um, like a white guy, bigger, bald, a bald, a bigger, bald white guy. Um, the doctor says, you understand why I'm talking to you, right? And Malcolm says to help with the headaches. The doctor asks if he remembers about the murders. And then we see crime scene, crime scene photos of various people um, dead throughout a house. And they're, obviously they're quite bloody. And the doctor asks, are you the person who murdered six residents of the Lakeworth Apartments on May 10th, 1998? And Malcolm says, that's my birthday. And then we see another uh, newspaper. It says, renowned psychiatrist to testify for defense. The doctor asks, who am I speaking to now? What should I call you? And Malcolm says, whatever you want. 
we see two guys talking. Um, they're talking about there being a midnight hearing. Um, one of them says the defense found a notebook, a diary. Um, he says that the prisoner transport has already left and that they're going to be pleading insanity. And then the other person says, like, this is crazy, a hearing the night before his execution. So that's where we're at there. Um, cut to a motel. It's very, very rainy out. We see a guy at the front desk. He's watching TV and he's just, like, taking shots of alcohol. Um, a car squeals up outside. A man um, comes into the door, comes in through the door, holding a woman in his arms. And he's got blood all over him. She's got blood on him, on her. Um, and he's like, she won't stop bleeding. She won't stop bleeding. Um, the clerk asks what happened and he says it was an accident. We had an accident. So we flash back. We see them driving. It's a dad, a mom and a son in the back seat. Um, the son is probably maybe 10. His name is Timothy. He does not talk a lot or at all, really. Um, again, it's really rainy. We hear a bang and then they squeal like, or they like the tires screech. Um, and they have a flat tire. So he's like very pragmatic. He's like, okay, check the meal, roll to a slow stop, get to the side of the road. Um, he's okay. Everyone's okay. And then, um, we see him outside in the rain, changing the tire. And we see that a high heel shoe is what has caused his tire to pop. We then cut to another woman. Um, she's in a convertible. She's looking for a lighter, um, so there's like lots of like flashbacks within flashbacks. So she's looking for a lighter and then we have another flashback and it's of her lighting birthday candles. And we see that this a man is having a like a jolly good time. He is tied up and then he's got like cake on his chest and she's wishing she's singing him happy birthday. Um, yes. And it's later revealed that she is um, like likely a sex worker. And um, then her suitcase opens and a bunch of stuff flies out, including a high heel shoe, which is obviously what caused the flat tire. So um, back to the man in the flat tire. It's dark out. The, man, uh, the wife is standing above him with an umbrella. We see the son, Timothy, is in the back of the car. He knocks on the window. So the mom walks over to look at him. Um, he puts his hand up on the window and she does the same thing from outside. He moves back a little. She does the same thing. And then he moves back even further. And so does she. And then she gets hit by a car and she gets hit and run over. Dad yells Alice. So we know that, um, the wife's name was Alice. We cut to a woman in the back of a limo. It's, um, it's like a black limo. It's not necessarily a stretch limo, just, uh, like a transport, um, like a fancy transport car um she's an actress she's talking on the phone um she's like i just walked off set um i don't care what happens and um, we see that john cusack is her limo driver so um we see that her cell phone battery or we hear that her cell phone battery is dying she's telling john cusack um to look through her bag that's beside him and to get a battery so he's like looking through it it's it's on the passenger side and she's shouting at him because he can't find it she's like hurry up hurry up and then he is the one that hits the woman um, so he hit Alice, he gets out of the car, the dad is like, what have you done, what have you done? Um, John Cusack is like definitely trying to help, um, he wants the actors, the actress's cell phone, and she won't open the door, like the door, she just keeps the door locked, and she's like, no, and then he breaks the window with a tire iron, and she's like, the phone's dead anyways, um, so he can't call for help. Just then we see the woman in the convertible, she's, her car is still, converted the top is still off um but she comes up to a road that's completely washed out it's completely flooded and washed out um back to the car 
we see the car screeching up to the hotel and the man rushes his wife in. So now we're back at the beginning, kind of. Um, there was an accident. May I use your phone? Of course, um, they're they're not getting a line. It's, uh, the clerk is like, it happens in the rain. And he says that there's an emergency station, like ambulances about 30 miles away. So John Cusack goes. And he goes to the car and he like tosses the woman's bags out and she doesn't want to leave. She's like, I'm not staying here. So he grabs her and he just drags her out of the car and leaves her and drives away. We see the woman in her convertible and her car starts to sputter and it stops just as uh, John Cusack is driving up. She asks if he can get a, if she can get a ride. Um, and he's like, the hospital's this way. And she's like, you can't go that way. It's flooded. It's like a dead end. And he's like, well, I got to try. So she gets in and they just go um, from where she just came from. We see the hotel clerk. He's looking at um, the IDs of the man. And, oh, sorry, not the man. It's of the, the woman, the actress. And he says, hey, didn't you used to be that actress? Um, and then we see she has a wallet full of so much cash, like a big old thing of hundreds um we see John Cusack he finally gets to the flooded road obviously um I think that they end up having car trouble as well so he stops another car that's coming and it's a man and a woman driving and um they're like we need a cell phone they don't have one it's 2006 I guess not everybody had cell phones back then and then they're like okay well can you at least give us a drive to this hotel and um John Cusack goes back to his limo and grabs a gun from the glove compartment so he's got that with him now back at the hotel um they all get there now the phones are still down the hotel clerk sees our woman in the convertible and says she a hooker and then like as she's trying to check in he's like we don't rent rooms by the hour and she's like okay like i don't i just want a room for the night please and he just like looks past her completely and asks the couple um, that they drove up with if they need a room. And she's like, excuse me, I was talking to you. And he says, I don't like talking to trash. He sucks. I don't know why. He's got, he just has like a bad attitude towards her. Um, there's nothing to indicate that she is a sex worker at all. Um, she happens to be a sex worker, but whatever. Um, anyways, it's annoying. Um, so we see the couple and their son. The wife is bleeding a lot. Um, they have her laying down in a bed in a room. Um, she's like bleeding from the neck. We learn that the husband's name is George. Um, someone says that the woman, like the wife, is in shock. And John Cusack um, takes comes in to take a look at her and asks if she's got a sewing kit or asks the husband if she's got a sewing kit. Um, we learn that they're, the couple from the car, the woman's name is Ginny. Um, they're in room six. They go in, they close the door, and the like the number six falls kind of so that it becomes a number nine. Um, just then we see a cop car arrive. Everyone kind of like in their various rooms and location like looks in that direction um like ominously and Ginny's like um gets this like feel you can tell like she's like got this feeling that washes over her and she's like did you feel that and her husband I think his name is Lou is like what and she's like cold the cop gets out of the car and introduces himself as officer Rhodes corrections he's talking to the hotel clerk he says I've got a prisoner here you're allowed to refuse service but the roads are flooded and we need a place to say to stay John Cusack comes out and asks if he's got a radio. So we do hear Rhodes requesting medical service or medical um, backup over the radio, but he says it seems to be out. And he says as well that it's um, what he has is a prisoner transfer, 
prison transfer. Um, and John Cusack says, come over to four and take a look at this lady. At that moment, we see Rhodes look at his gas tank. We see that it's empty. And then um, in the back, we see his prisoner, who is um, one of the Buseys. So I'm just going to call him Busey because I think everyone probably knows what that means or can summon what the Busey face looks like. Um, anyways, the prisoner, Busey says, looks like you're fucked. So something's up with Rhodes. Now we see, um, we cut to John Cusack sewing up the woman's neck. He's obviously just using a needle and thread. Um, the clerk says, I wish I had beige thread. Um, and he asks, where did you learn that? And actually, I think it's George asks, where, where did you learn that? And he says, pretty much where you're standing. We don't really get too much more information about like what the specific situation is. But um, someone asks, like, is the little boy all right? He hasn't said a word since the accident. And then the dad, George, explains, no, no, I'm his stepfather. Two years ago, his father left. Um, the father had a temper problem, he says. Then we see the prisoner being walked by the window and he's like wearing like a yellow jumpsuit and he's, I think his feet are, are chained up and he's got, his arms are obviously um, in handcuffs. He's like really, really creepy and gross. He's kind of like smiling at them. Um, then we see him in Rhodes's hotel room and they're chaining him up to the toilet because they say um, like that's the only thing that's bolted down. So he's like tied up to the back of the toilet. Um, and then we see like the clerk is in there with them and we see the cop Rhodes like backhands Busey to get him to shut up. Um, and then he goes to check on the wife. So again, Rhodes, what do you got going on, buddy? Um, Rhodes comes, checks on the wife. He's like, good stitch job. Um, we just need to keep her comfortable. And, um, Cusack's like, should we just like take turns on the radio then? And Rhodes is like, it's okay. I'll manage. We just get small scenes next of what each character is doing. So we see um, our young woman, the woman in the convertible, her and the officer have an interaction near the vending machine. Um, he's like, oh, maybe the diner is open next door. I could, I could whip us up something. And he's looking at her like really intently, like she's just trying to get some chips and he's just like staring at her. Um, he asks what her name is and she says Paris and he's like, Paris, eh? I've never been. And, she, and she's like, well, you ain't going tonight. And she walks away from him. So um, Paris is her name. Next, we see George. And he's staying. Um, he's just like sitting by his wife. And he's like, please be strong. Timothy and I need you so bad. It's really sad. Um, we see the hotel clerk. And he's doing something sketchy. He's like hiding things in drawers. We see um, like mail and envelopes and a picture of some guy. So um, he's up to something. Um, we see Paris inside her room and she has a huge stash of cash. Um, it's probably nothing sketchy. If she's a sex worker, she just has cash. So, um, again, lots of cash. Um, and then we see Ginny and her husband. They are sleeping separately. She's in the bed. He's on the couch. So they, um, like it seems to be implying that there are some issues there. Um, we see Busey, the prisoner, and he's obviously just like actively trying to get out of his restraints. And we see Rhodes, the officer, um, and we see that he's got a bloody shirt. The back of his shirt has a big blood stain on it and a hole right in the middle. That is very curious. Um, then we see the act the actress in her room. Um, her phone is finally charged, so she's outside. She's like, like inside and then like trying to get service, so she ends up outside. Um, she has ripped a shower curtain um, out of 
the bathroom and she's like using it as a rain jacket so she's like walking all over the grounds of the motel um she's like i've got one bar one bar oh two bars so that's um that's what's guiding her we hear something nearby and she's like looking around um and we hear something again and then she gets attacked um and we see like a blood smear on the shower curtain and then that's the end of the scene John Cusack is awoken. He goes outside and he finds the actress's earring on the ground and he starts to just follow the clues. We have another earring. Um, he goes into the laundry room of the hotel. Um, and you know what? I keep saying hotel, but it's more like a motel. So that's what you should summon in your mind. More of like a roadside motel. So he goes into the laundry room of this hotel motel. Um, and we see there are big tumble dryers in there. Um, and he opens one, we hear some clanging. So he opens one and there's nothing in there. Um, we still hear the clanging. So he opens a second one. There's nothing in there. Um, the clanging continues. So he opens the third one, which is where the sound is coming from. Um, we can see that the clothes that are in there are the clothes that the actress was wearing and it's covered in blood and he moves a scarf and then we see her head. Um, we see something we hear something outside behind him and we see a shadow that crosses um, along the doorway, um, but it's just the clerk and Rhodes. John Cusack says, there's something in here. Um, he sees something inside the dryer. The clerk asks, are you a cop? And he says, I was. Um, and we see that there is a room key for room number 10 inside the dryer. Someone asks if she was room 10, but um, Cusack says, no, I am. And he asks, where's your guy? Meaning where's the convict? Where's Busey? Um, and they run and like they run back to Rhodes's room and we see that he's escaped and the window's open. Now we cut to a completely different scene. We are in, um, this is what I said in my notes, like a fancy old white guy's library. So summon that into your brain. Wood, books, leather bound books. Um, we have a large white um, wooden, like beautiful wooden table. And around it is just a bunch of old white guys. Um, we see that it's storming outside as well here, like it's storming at the hotel. It's also storming in this white guy library ambiance. Um, we hear someone say, with all due respect, judge, we should wait for my client. So now we know it has to do with Malcolm Rivers. And then the judge goes, um, he has precious few rights. He's less than 24 hours away from execution, um, which made me like immediately kind of recoil. And it's like, yeah, he's got few rights, but you still have to respect the ones that he's got left. So we're waiting for the client. Um, the like the lawyer like or the psychiatrist is saying we need to be able to demonstrate his mental state. And the judge is so pissed off. He's like, you could think I've got time for this bullshit. Because again, it's like middle of the night. Um, this guy is supposed to be executed tomorrow. Um, everyone's pissed off, I guess. But these people are really trying um, to stay his execution. So anyways, we cut back to the hotel. Um, everyone is together in a room. Um, everyone's like shouting, um, uh, just like, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And then Cusack takes control. And he's like, there was an incident tonight. He says the actress was murdered. And then the hotel clerk like chimes in and is like, and we can't find her body. So people are really freaking out now. 
Um, we see Officer Rhodes is outside because he's looking for the convict who friggin' escaped. So there's just a convict around. Um, and then the clerk, we learn that his name is Larry. So I'm going to start calling him Larry. Um, he just like calls Paris a hoe. And um, like this, again, everyone's just shouting. Ginny says, um, she's like, I'm not fucking staying here. And she goes to leave. Um, and like as she's like running out the door, she runs right into Rhodes. Um, and she's like screams. She's so frightened. She's like um like really losing it and Paris um is like I'm not staying here if Larry is here um and then he calls her a professional slut so again he's got such a problem with her for no reason at all seems like he's probably projecting um we see Cusack and Rhodes and they're looking outside for Busey um we hear like he asks like why like what's his deal what's he in for and Rhodes says multiple homicides so this guy is obviously a danger um we see george that's the dad again with the hurt wife he brings little timothy to the bathroom um he's being very sweet to him and he's like i'll be outside i'll be standing guard um jenny again is having such a hard time um and paris is trying to make conversation with her and she's like how long have you been married and jenny says nine hours um so we learn that um like we're really close to vegas we've we've learned that a few times we're in nevada and we're close to vegas so um they just got married in vegas um and she's like some like we need to leave like jenny's like really still freaking out we need to leave something is happening um i need to get out of here and she again runs to come out and um or, or goes to run out and her husband stops her and she's like you don't own me lou um and then he's like i own what's inside of you at least half of it so there we go um Ginny's pregnant um they run outside again it's raining um larry we see um is like in the actress's room and he's like going through her stuff and stealing her things stealing her money um and then Ginny and Lou have made it inside, like back inside their room. And she's like, I'm not pregnant. I lied. And he's like, I saw the test. And he's like, why would you do that to me? And he's so pissed. And she's like, because Allison saw you at the hawk with that fucking girl. And then she locks herself inside the bathroom. And he's like, Ginny, what the fuck? Are we 15? Um, which I thought is like a really fair reaction of his. He's like, like, you can't do that, man. Like, that's so bad. And he's like, like anyways he shouldn't be doing that shit she shouldn't be doing that shit um we see cusack he has entered um like this old trailer that's on the property so he's like going through there um and then we actually cut back to Ginny and lou and uh lou is like pounding on the door and he's like open the fucking door Ginny. he's like smashing it he's like punching it um and then from his side we see that the door to the to the room opens um, and he's still smashing and she's like, I'm not opening the door until you calm down. And he's like, I am fucking calm. And then it's like quiet. And, and then we hear, what are you doing here? We hear that from the other side of the room. And then, um, Ginny's like listening. She goes right up to the door and she's like trying to listen. It's really quiet. And then like something smashes up to the door. And then we hear Jin, um, Lou and he's like, please, please, Ginny, 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 let me in, let me in. And she's like, no, like, no, like, leave me alone, leave me alone. And, um, and he's like, let me in, let me in. And then there's just silence. After a while, we hear Ginny, um, or we see Ginny slowly opening the door. Um, she's calling to Lou. Then we see a shadow, 
um, like pass over the room and she runs back to the bathroom and someone like rushes and hits like they're hitting the door and they're trying to get in. Um, she locks the door though. She's safe. Um, and she actually ends up, uh, like getting out the window and she runs into Rhodes. So Rhodes and her, um, they break into the room, they like shoulder into the room and we see Lou is like in a corner by the bathroom door. He's all bloody and he's clearly dead. Next we see Busey and he's running through the rain. Um, He's running away from the hotel and um, like he sees some lights up ahead. So he, and I was right. So yeah, like he did have, he does have chains on his ankles and his hands, hands are bound. Um, so he finds a building and he gets into it and it like kind of looks like maybe an old hotel, um, hotel restaurant or like diner. And um, yeah, so he breaks a window. He, now he's in it and he's like creeping around inside and he looks out the window and what he sees is that he's actually back at the same hotel that he just ran away from. Um, he just sees the same hotel sign, same hotel. And he's like, what the hell? Um, just then Rhodes finds Busey and he's like beating him up. Um, punching him, throwing him around. Cusack walks in and now they're both punching on him and they tie him up to this big post like in this dining room uh, building. Um, cut back to the wife, the woman who got hit by a car. She is not dead. She wakes up and she calls to Timothy and they hold hands. Um, she says that she doesn't remember anything. Um, Paris tells George to keep an eye on Ginny. And then we see Ginny, like her husband just died. She's like laying on a bed. She's all sleepy. She's like out of it. She's not doing well. Um, and Paris runs back to her room to get something. Um, we see Larry, the clerk. He's also looking for something. And um, Busey is awake. And um, he was like passed out because they beat him up and Larry's like looking around in that dining room and he is like egging him on. He's like, um, what are you looking for? What are you looking for, Larry? Did you lose something? Um, he's like, come on, tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. And then just that scene ends. Um, Paris goes to her room and we see she grabs all that cash. Um, Cusack follows her in there though. And, um, he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, getting my shit. What are you doing? She's like, you're a limo driver. Like you don't need to be saving lives here. Um, and she asks, what month were you born in? He says, May. And she's like, oh, you're a Taurus, just like me. Also, same as Kels over here, also a Taurus. Um, she says, where were you a cop? And he says, L.A. And he took medical leave. It was making me sick. He goes on to tell a story that one day he got a call for a jumper. He says, it was a Mexican girl who was pregnant. She had AIDS and she was strung out. Um, she asks... She asked him why she should even bother living. And Paris asks, what did you say to her? And he said, I was trained to say a lot of things, but for a second I hesitated and she saw it. Um, and he's like taking photos of Lou as, as he's talking. Um, he says, so she spread her arms and jumped. And he said, I started getting headaches after that. Eventually I started blacking out. We see in Lou's hand that he has a, he also has a room key and it's for room number nine. We cut back to the diner building and um, we see something really horrible. Um, the guys rush in and Rhodes is like, says to Larry, why did you kill my guy? And then they flash to Busey, the prisoner, and he's got like his head is straight up in the air and he's got a baseball bat in his mouth down his throat. It's fucking horrible. Um, Larry's like, I didn't kill him. Um, then they see that Busey's got the room key number eight on him. So at this point, they think that Larry had killed the actress and that he killed um, Busey. So they're like, 
calm down, man. Like, what are you, like, what's going on? And then he grabs Paris. Um, Paris is in there for some reason now. And he has a knife to her neck. Um, but she pushes back against him and he falls backwards. Um, they hit a freezer. Like he hits a freezer as he falls backwards. It opens up and a dead frozen body falls out. It's kind of gross. The head like smashes on the ground. Um, and as it happens, Larry runs away. So, um, we see Larry outside. He's trying to get into a truck and, um, he's like hot wiring it and he's got it going. And we see now that Timothy is on the road. So the dad runs out to save him and the dad, George just gets absolutely hit by this truck and he gets pinned against a wall. Back to the room that's full of lawyers and judges and such. They are talking about how the client has, they say, he is a certifiable Axis Four disassociative. Um, he is completely un unaware of the crimes he committed. The judge says he signed a confession, um, but they're like, here's his diary. And the judge flips through the diary and we see there's like all different kinds of like completely different writing. And the psychiatrist says like, these are the private thoughts of various individuals. And he says he's got like associative identity disorder. Um, and then we hear someone say, your honor, he's here. And they wheel a man in and it's our, um, like our white bald guy that we saw his mug shots. So back at the hotel, they're, um, they got Larry, they're tying him up. He's like, I didn't kill him. I found him like that. And then he explains that last, last month he lost everything in Vegas. Um, so he drove out this way to like, to the hotel. He came into the office and there sitting at the desk, um, like face down in a pie was this man. He must've had a heart attack or something. And Larry says he just like started working there. He moved the body. Um, he's like, I moved Larry. And he's like, his name was Larry too. And he's like, I thought the freezer was the best place for him. Um, until his family came along. So like, I don't know. He seems like he's, he did it innocently kind of, I don't know. Um, so Rhodes still thinks that Larry killed everybody, um, but no one else is believing it. And everyone's like, no, Larry, like Larry didn't do it. Um, Rhodes turns on Cusack at this point. Um, and he's like, you've been trying to run the show all night. And Ginny is telling them to shut up um, because like Timothy's there and now his dad has died. Um, and Timothy, Timothy's like on the bed. He's like covering his ears. Um, his dad just died. His mom is dying. It's like really sad. Um, and they decide that they're all going to stay in the same room together tonight. And then all of a sudden we see like the lights are dimming and they come back on. Um, and we see Timothy get up and he goes to the next room, which is where his mom is. And, um, someone says, remember that movie when the, when the 10 strangers were on that Island and they all had a connection. Maybe we have a connection. And we learn that um, Larry is from the same small town as Paris is. And she says she's going back there because she just bought an acreage that produces limes and oranges. So that's one connection. And then we hear something from the other room. Um, and we see that the wife, a like AKA Alice, and she has died. So um, Timothy comes in, like he had come out, back out of the room at some point. And he goes in, he sees that his mom dies and, or his that his mom has died and he starts crying. And then we see underneath her pillow is the room number six. Um, and they're like, this doesn't make sense. Like she died from an accident. And also someone says, where's room number seven or where's room key number seven. Outside, we see them backing up the truck that had pinned George. So obviously his body like crumbles to the ground. He's all bloody. It's really bad. Um, and then they find 
in his pocket that he has room key number seven and they're like that's not possible like i saw what happened it was a completely an accident he ran out of nowhere like no one could have predicted that that would have happened and Ginny's like no one human and then um cusack gives her the car keys and he's like go like go now take the kid and go um Rhodes doesn't want them to leave but whatever um they run around like they're running and they run around the corner and then a couple seconds later we see a huge explosion the rest of the people come around to see and we see that the car is in flames um but we don't see anyone in the car and someone says like maybe it was so hot they got cremated um then we go back and we see like we go back to where we came from and we see that George's body is gone then they go into the diner and they see that there is a baseball bat on the chair but the body of Busey is gone um we see that Lou is gone even all the blood that was on the wall is gone um the head from the actress is gone there's not even any blood in the dryer and Alice the wife is gone um and the bed is made perfectly again um no blood nothing everyone's like what the fuck um and then Paris just like screams she's like I give up what do you want like you sick bastard it's my birthday next week I just want to go home and grow oranges and then Larry's like oh that's interesting my birthday's next week too the 10th um Paris is like me too Cusack's like me too um whoever else is like me too so all of them have the birthday on um May 10th the next week Larry grabs copies of everyone's driver's licenses and he realizes that everyone, like every single person that checked in tonight has the same birthday. Lightning strikes the building um, and like makes a huge hole in the ceiling. Um, John Cusack notices that everyone, he's like looking through all the licenses. He notices that everyone has a last name of a state. Um, someone's last name is Washington. Someone's last name is like Rhodes, Rhode Island. And then he says his name is Ed Dakota. Um, and he starts like getting a headache and then we hear again when I was going up the stairs I met a man who wasn't there um, and then we start to hear um, like voiceover that says uh, who am I speaking to and then all of a sudden we see John Cusack and he's in the room full of men um, and someone says Edward um, it's the psychiatrist he says Edward you missed your last appointment um, Cusack says did I black out again he asks, where have you been? And uh, John Cusack says, driving his ass, uh, driving his actress, um, but she, we got stuck at a motel because there was a storm. The psychiatrist says, what happened at the motel? And Cusack says, people started dying and then their bodies disappeared. Um, the psychiatrist says, I would like to show you something. And it's a photo of Malcolm. It's like his um, uh, mugshot. And it's, the Malcolm is obviously the guy he's, the bald white dude he's the patient um he says this is malcolm rivers he was arrested four years ago for killing six people in a violent rampage um he shows him the photos like of like the crime scene photos and then he says when faced with a traumatic event a child's mind may fracture creating disassociated identity disorder multiple personality syndrome um john cusack says why are you telling me this and the psychiatrist says, you, Edward, are one of his personalities. John Cusack laughs and says, what? Um, the doctor gives him a mirror and we see that it's Malcolm. It's not John Cusack. It is, in fact, 
the white dude that well you know the bald white dude um John Cusack freaks out and he's like where the fuck is my face um he's like why am I tied up because he's he's like on a chair um like strapped to a wheelchair um he looks at the he looks at his reflection in the window um and he's like freaking out so now we learn that every person we've met tonight at the hotel has been a different identity of Malcolm's. They say that he's in the midst of a medical treatment that makes all of his identities confront one another at, for the first time. The psychiatrist says, I knew there would be violence, but with it, the number of identities will be diminished. He says that one of um, Malcolm's identities committed those murders four years ago. The identity took control of Malcolm's body and released an unspeakable rage. Um, the psychiatrist goes on to say, I need to convince that man, the judge, that the killer is gone. Otherwise, Malcolm Rivers dies in 19 hours. Um, and then at that moment, we see John Cusack and we're kind of going back and forth from being in the library to the motel, library to the motel. Um, and he goes back to the motel. So, um, Paris gets into the cop car and she sees that it's been hot wired and she pulls some documents out of the glove box and we see the um there's a mugshot of Rhodes so he's also a baddie along with Busey he's also a criminal so they cut back to him um and he's in the back of the seat he's the, in the back seat of a cop car um and he's with Busey and they are um like they're able to kill the driver and take control of the car and how he does it is like he like I don't know like shoves something through the through the back seat and it kills the driver and then Rhodes takes the guy's shirt and then that's why there's like a stab hole and blood in the back of his shirt so um then Paris finds the dead body of this cop in the trunk um and then Paris is like trying to tell someone what she saw um but she can't find anyone so she's like looking around like trying to tell someone like ah watch out for Rhodes but she can't find anyone and then we hear someone calling her name um she thinks it's Larry but it's actually Rhodes um and he's like where are the keys to the truck but then all of a sudden larry hits him with a fire extinguisher so larry must also know um but just then Rhodes shoots uh Rhodes shoots larry dead um and he chases paris he chases after paris shooting her he's just got like a handgun um she's running away and then um at one point she like hide she's able to hide from him and um then uh like john cusack finds her and he's like we, she's like we gotta get out of here we gotta get out of here but John Cusack's like calm he's like stay here listen to me stay here it's gonna be okay and then Cusack and Rhodes face off um he's like um throw me the keys to the truck Rhodes is like throw me the keys to the truck um they start shooting at each other and then uh Cusack gets shot like a couple times but he also gets Rhodes so um it's like even they keep shooting at each other um we actually see Rhodes fall and then he dies um and then at the same time though uh John Cusack falls to the ground he's like in really bad shape as well Paris runs up to him she's trying to help him she's like let me get you up let's get to the truck and he's like not helping her at all um, and she's like, where did you go before? Like, what did you see? And he's like, I saw you. I saw you in an orange grove. And then he dies. We hear voiceover saying, where did you go? And then we see Malcolm and he's back in the room full of men. And he says, I saw you in an orange grove. And we see that he's actually having like the whole conversation between Paris and John Cusack. Like he's having that whole conversation just by himself to himself. Um, but then we cut back to the hotel, so back to his delusion, and we see Paris, and she's driving off in the truck. Um, 
uh, back to Malcolm in real life. Um, we hear the psychiatrist saying his body committed the crimes. His body committed the crimes, but the person inside did not. The violence that existed in him has been executed. Then the judge says, It is the recommendation of this court that Mr. Rivers' execution be stayed. He should be transferred to a state psychiatric facility. Um, so, yay, they win. Um, then we see him being transferred. Um, we cut to our character Paris in an orchard. It's beautiful. She's driving along just like orange tree after orange tree after orange tree. She's singing. Um, and then we see Malcolm and he's singing the same song that she is. So at this point we think that Paris is the only personality left and it's a happy Paris. It's a happy Paris who lives on an orchard in Florida. Beautiful. Um, then we cut to Paris digging in her yard. Um, she's on her hands and her knees. As she's digging, we see that there's something in the dirt and it's a room key. Uh-oh. Um, it has the number one on it. And then all of a sudden we see like a sharp gardening tool to the corner of the screen. Um, and she looks over and she's looking really scared. And then we see Timothy the child. Um, and then it flashes to um, little Timothy. He's the one who caused all the deaths um mostly with a big butcher knife and um mostly a big butcher knife plus he like put his hand over his mom's mouth and like um, mouth and nose and that's how he killed her and then we see paris say timmy no and then we hear malcolm who's also timmy um and he's the, in the back of a squad car and someone's like uh what is it malcolm and then um like in that squad car because malcolm's like kind of freaking out or like not freaking out but like getting a little agitated so the psychiatrist like opens the compartment between the front seat and the back seat um and then she's like kind of like being like no timmy no and he says whores don't get a second chance um and we see timmy and malcolm say it at the exact same time obviously um and just then malcolm puts his handcuffs around the doctor's neck and the car like skids off the road um and then we see timmy in his like um oh no we hear timmy in his like creepy little boy voice and he says when I was going up the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. The end. Final thoughts about this movie are that I really like this movie. Um, like I said at the top, when I first watched this movie, I would have been 14 years old. Uh, rented her from Blockbuster. And I definitely did not see this, um, the twist coming. I did not see that we were all going to be a figment of his um, brain. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought, <laughs> if I if I may, that it might even be the best twist since Sixth Sense in 1999. I don't know. I could be wrong. But I, I felt like it had a Sixth, sixth Sense kind of vibe um, to that reveal. That's, that's how I feel. So I really liked it. And um, I love me some Cusack. And I like the whole vibe of the movie. Um, yeah, it's a fun rewatch for me and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks.